0: Hello, and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network Podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Dreams. And as you'll remember, the Esports Network Podcast is presented by technology game changers. Check them out at TGCplay.com, linked below. Esports Network is also looking for new sponsors. If you work for a company looking to expand its reach in esports, Esports Network has opportunities across digital media, podcasting, and video programs. That includes The Gamer Hour, Esports Network's new show with Chris Puckett that's doing very well as he interviews celebrities. Please reach out to Esports Network CEO Mark Timmick using the email and the bio of this show. Now, welcome into the episode. Today, we are talking fantasy esports with Matt Gunnan, the CEO and founder of Esports One, the co-founder of Esports One. Matt, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Mitch.
0: Have to give Sharon Winter, <laughs> I have to give Sharon Winter, the COO and other co-founder of Esports One, her shout out as well. We had her on the podcast back in June, and now it's Matt's turn to talk about all the new initiatives that have come out of Esports One in the last six months or so. And they've definitely been busy. Last week, Esports One announced a new $4 million funding round. We're going to be talking about how those funds are going to be used, but Esports One was already on a growth trajectory. The platform saw an increase in users of 300%, beginning with the spring split of League of Legends in 2020. One of the main uses of these new funds will be expansion to new titles. Esports One is going to begin offering fantasy contests for Rainbow Six, Rocket League, Valorant, and Fortnite in the near future. In addition to those titles, Esports One already has a partnership with ESL and, of course, League of Legends competitions. So they're well on their way to covering the majority of major esports events. So Matt, since when you founded the company back in 2017, you've been seeing pretty rapid expansion. Does this feel like one of the moments where all the things are coming together uh, in a great way for the future of Esports One?
1: I've been been in esports. The I mean, first company I actually started in uh in the industry was back or in the esports was PD. and I started that back in 2010 or so, 2011. But, uh, but yeah, again, thank you for having me, and hopefully I can I can live up to uh, Sharon's uh, setting the bar uh, of uh, she does does these things a lot better than I do. But, um, but no, so we're you know for us it has been it's been a, a you know a exciting kind of journey. We really started early on with esports one of of solving you know, more of a data accessibility issue and a, you know, a, you know, the information that's coming in from a game publisher, how do you aggregate that? How do you acquire it? Do you always need to rely on on the game publisher themselves for it? Um, and so when, you know, we've kind of tackled that problem early on, we built tools around sort of this, this, capability of acquiring stats in real time, acquiring, you know, we built computer vision solutions, we built these data aggregates, we built all these kind of, you know, these, these, you know, solutions, but we didn't have a product that really tied into it. And that's where, you know, we knew that fantasy was going to ultimately be the goal, Um, but it just took time to really kind of get to a position where, you know, the industry was ready for, you know, a fantasy platform that, wasn't just a replica of what's already out there. And that's really what it's been about for us is to innovate and do something different, do something new. And uh, and that's what we've been able to do over the past year. And we've, we've seen it with the reception from the community. It's been fantastic.
0: Definitely, yeah. There's a lot of unique challenges that go into fantasy esports that are just prevalent in fantasy sports. You mentioned how it's stats providing it just making sure that you have all the stats. You know, you think about how... Uh, a traditional sports league just has these fan-created stats. You have baseball that has all these different weird stats that go into it, and so fantasy sports are pretty a natural evolution out of that. In esports, a lot of people weren't really tracking all the in-depth stats that often go into calculating a fantasy performance in a traditional sports game.
1: Yeah, no, I was going to say like I think that is kind of that is like the different thing with esports. I think that's also what makes it hard for for traditional sports platforms and traditional fantasy platforms to uh to adopt esports. I think that is because like the traditional baseball and football and these kind of you know these sports that have been around for decades, they're you know fairly unchanged in terms of the rules and how they're structured and, you know, the leagues, the system you know, franchises, you know, all even the teams and And so when you're building a platform or you're building sort of a, you know, a fantasy product around one of these game titles or one of these traditional sports titles, you know, there's not much that has to be changed every year. Once you have a system of getting the number of, you know, how many, you know, uh, baskets were scored and how many, you know, uh, first downs were, you know, did this team get? you know, and then you take and you start build out a scoring system around that, like it's, it's going every year, it's pretty much going to stay the same. But within eSports, you're really reliant on, you know, you're not really, it's not really reliance, it's more you're, you're at the behest of the game publisher, you know, either, you know, because every year they could change, they could completely revamp You know, how for League of Legends, for example, how jungling is, how objectives are taken, how gold is acquired, the importance of gold, you know, all of these different variables. And then not only that, you have to, you know, like for using League of Legends as an example, they have a very different structure for, you know, professional, uh, you know, esports in North America than they do in Korea. and. And so, you know, and it's a global, you know, professional scene. And so the, you know, the league in China, it might be a best of two, but in North America, it's a best of three. And so, you know, then you have to figure out how you're going to, are you going to keep those separate contests? And so there's all these different sort of variables. And then you you add in the fact that, you know, you still don't have access to the data and the game, especially if the game publisher doesn't provide it. Luckily, we've, you know, not only we built out sort of these, you know aggregation sort of uh you know systems using computer vision using you know uh, you know a bit of machine learning as well as we pull from the game publisher themselves to get you know these live stats but that's not the case for other game titles and it's also not the case for you know all the different regions and i think that is kind of the uniqueness that makes what we're doing but also just like makes esports unique is that that you know, it's not it, it's not easy just coming in from the outside and trying and just slapping a you know a label on it based off of something you've already done in traditional sports because um, it's been it's been tried and it hasn't worked and so that's why we took a very authentic and organic you know kind of uh, nature of building fantasy that was you know that we crossed all we crossed you know every step forward was to address one of these problems that we knew we would face as we grew. And so, you know, if we just right from the beginning tried to create a fantasy platform from scratch or in just kind of, you know, replicated, you know, traditional sports um, and had people sitting there tabulating everything manually and doing it all just like by hand, sure, that that could be done for maybe, you know, one or two contests, but it doesn't scale. And so there, we really looked at it methodically. We started and we built the systems from the beginning that allowed us to to start to innovate when it comes to how fantasy is experienced within esports
0: it definitely is a rapidly changing ecosystem you mentioned how league of legends has just changed the spring and summer splits only for the lcs to one long regular season format you know just as you get uh started with the spring at, at, at summer splits and how you run competitions that it's like oh, okay now We're going to change this format a little bit. You saw the same thing, especially during COVID. How do you run a league uh, that has like Activision Blizzards last year? I know those aren't one of your titles, but just to highlight the volatility of esports, they take a two-month absence in the middle of it. How do you run a fantasy competition uh, Mm -hmm. through that and then returning with with it back? You know, COVID's a very interesting circumstance. But as you look towards the future, as you add these other titles, COVID's still going to be something we have to think about, at least for the next three, four months, depending on whoever you talk to a uh, uh, vaccine timetable. So it's a complicated industry. It's a volatile industry pre COVID. And so now even, uh, even more so, is it a very difficult thing to figure out how to run fair competitions?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that is, that is like such a good point too, because it's like, that is the, that is what, yeah, that's, you know, COVID, yeah, made, made esports a bit more complicated, but it also, you know, it, it, it's more so that esports have already kind of prepared for it, I guess you could say, like, you know, so it wasn't, yeah, I mean, it, it's not as kind of just like uncertain ground in terms of supporting these different, because, you know, different title, every title is going to be different, but it covid just added another level of complexity i guess you'd say that you know go to you know that brought more eyeballs to the industry and and you know and but also you know just added just another you know uh, another thing to the docket that you had to you know figure out a uh methodical approach to you know address and and luckily we were you know we we were able to to tackle that so
0: absolutely there's a A difficult challenge for sure and then there's also the challenge as you mentioned of uh stats in the past how those stats weren't being provided and now you figured out league of legends you've seen a growth uh factor of pretty pretty aggressive growth factor over the last year so now you're like okay now we're going to expand to four fairly different titles in rainbow six rocket league valorant and fortnite how do you balance the different data that comes from these, you know, building a competition for Fortnite with, uh, you know, 100 players dropping in depending on maybe 50 teams depending on solos duos seems like trios is what they're moving to now in fortnite esports how do you balance that with something like rocket league where it's a 3v3 team uh into these different tournaments and then rocket league has a very complicated system coming up as well now with the grid and rlcsx and all these other different competitions so as you look towards expanding how are you uh, curated competitions depending on the individual game and depending on the structure uh, that that game is taking.
1: Yeah. And luckily this has been sort of a thing that this kind of goes back to, you know, a, an area that we've been, you know, working on for quite some time. Like we knew, you know, the reason we support league only right now is that we wanted to really kind of perfect the, just the fantasy experience. And, uh, if we wanted to add, you know, a new game title, <clears throat> if we wanted to add Fortnite or Rocket League tomorrow, like in a sense we could, um, we have, cause we've already built the, uh, you know, kind of the frameworks for either acquiring the data or for how it's going to be stored or how it's going to be structured. And then, you know, the kind of the unknown area is the league formats and the teams and what players, But when it comes to you know what sort of uh you know scoring system are you going to apply for this game title or you know how are you going to weight different stats against one another building out predictive models so that you can better understand how the you know what player is going to get the highest score uh based on past performances so that you can adjust their you know their salary accordingly you know, we've been doing, we've been building out that for the past, you know, two years in, in the background. Like that is, and we we constantly have, you know, our machine learning, we have machine learning kind of systems that are just running constantly, you know, processing data and looking at games and looking at replays and, and really kind of building out these models. So that once we do add a new game title, we're doing so in a very uh, systematic way, but we won't, it's for us, it's not about, we could be a, pla- a company like, you know, another fan- other fantasy, you know, esports site, or something, or just fantasy sites. And we could just, you know, throw as many game titles at, at the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, but that's also not solving the underlying problem of why, or the underlying opportunity of uh, within esports. Like, it, for us, that is a easy, uh, an easy problem of adding new game titles. The problem or the opportunity is making the experience engaging and, you know, exciting and something that users within esports, you know, want, you know, sorry, there's a bit of background noise, but um, with the fire trucks, but yeah, that's something that we wanted. We knew that from the beginning, you know, it wasn't about, it wasn't like we would solve that first problem of getting data, but it was more so we have to make the experience of playing fantasy unique. And authentic and fun and engaging and competitive. Um, and so when you look at all the get different, yeah, all the different game titles, the structures, the event formats, that's just sort of, you know, that's just kind of par for the course, like, you know, for us. And but when we add a new game title itself, we're gonna make sure that we're doing so in, you know, the with the highest quality of of a, AN experience as possible and that. You know, it's not just a replica of any other, you know, fantasy, you know, site, or it's just not a replica of League of Legends, you know, and we're just now applying it to Rocket League. Like, it's the, it's kind of that 360 degree experience that we apply to fantasy. Uh, All the other parts, you know, that's what we've been working on for the past two years. And so, yeah, so that's why we're able to do it.
0: Right, you need the stats in the background to be able to offer these competitions in the first place, because they can't just exist in a vacuum where you just offer up a competition. It's going to be uh, exploitable in some ways, you know. As even as you're competing against uh, friends and and against other people, at the at the core of this is still a competition. A competition needs to be fair, and for it to be fair, you have to have a really solid understanding of where the stats come from.
1: Yeah, it needs to be fair. It it needs to be fair. It needs to be fun. It needs to be competitive. Um, it needs to be unique. And it, yeah, and that's like the biggest thing with traditional fantasy, is, daily fantasy, is you know like and you know Jason Robbins at DraftKings will always uh you know have a counterpoint to you know to to this, but you know five percent of the people at DraftKings win ninety five percent of the pots and. Sure, they're probably playing in the most contests, uh, but that's because they've come up with a formula that can be figured out, and that they they have built a system that can, you know, that can ensure that they're winning the majority of those contests. And so, if I'm someone new, or if I if I can only play a contest or like, you know, you know, one or two contests a week, and I only have an hour, you know, of time to spend. Um, you know, how's that fun? Like, that's not that's not enjoyable. You know you're going to lose. Like, if every time I played League of Legends, I went into the game, and I always just constantly died, and I was constantly being killed, and I never, you know, had any, you know, and I wasn't actually playing the game. Well, that's what fantasy is right now. That's what daily fantasy is. You're not actually playing a game. You're playing against computerized robots that have figured out a script, figured out a system that they can manipulate and, you know, and easily win the majority of the contests that they compete in. And so for us it's that's never going to scale within esports and so for us it's a lot more about that community dynamic about making it more you know enjoyable competitive yeah prizes we'll have we'll have cash you know contests we'll you know have all those elements but it has it it it's like we're not going to be a in a position where there's going to be a thousand contests going on at a time and you can just like you know, cycle through all of them like every contest we add has to be done very methodically and it has to be done very you know in a way that you know is you know what the industry wants and and we'll use and we'll have fun with
0: sure yeah i never really uh found the appeal of daily fantasy i love season long fantasy uh, i'm competing in like three or four different fantasy football leagues right now uh but there's daily fantasy like you mentioned it just always felt like the odds are stacked against you, and it's exploitable in some ways. I'd, I'd never heard that ninety-five percent stat, but that's really fascinating. So, as you expand into these different games, is that going to come? Say, you're a, say one of our listeners is a Rocket League fan; it really wants to play season long uh, and daily Rocket League. Is there going to be? both of those options as you expand into each of these new titles, or are you going to start with daily and then expand to season long? Just uh, highlight a little bit of how that process looks as you expand to a new game. Is it both formats at once, or is it sort of one, then the other?
1: Yeah. So for us, it's, it's both formats at once. So we take kind of take approach uh, with contests of having, you know, season long, uh, you know, contests that you can play each week basically. So, the season-long contests are then kind of broken up, broken up into weekly contests as well. Um, and so you will have, you know, a season-long competition that you can join from beginning to end, and compete against all your friends or compete against all, you know, a bunch of other users or the community. And then every week you can also compete in individual contests that are, you know, specific to that week where we kind of, you know, and that, that is done at the same time. So both of those types will come, uh, you know, at at exactly the same time, but when you kind of move to the next stage for us, it's, you know, season long or traditional fantasy has been around since, you know, back in, back in the sixties and seventies, when they had like, you know, the first fantasy league was called the rotisserie league. And, you know, it was a group of, You know 10 friends that would spend buy-in 250 i think it was like 256 dollars a you know a pop and they would play you know uh you know like fantasy football or fantasy i think they even played golf and 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 then you know 25 years later there's daily fantasy and it was built for more you know so that you didn't have to you know that the only time that you were playing Was when the season started, because if you didn't, you know, if you didn't get in before the season started, then you're screwed, right? Like you didn't have, there was no fantasy. And so that's when daily fantasy kind of came to be. And, and, you know, for us, it's looking at what is the kind of the next step from that? Where do we go? You know, is there another, you know, is there another level two fantasy and that's where we're really kind of looking to expand our offering and like what we're really doing and that's where real time comes in and you know that's where we believe kind of the future of fantasy is where you know you can play fantasy not just daily you can play it you know while a game is going on you can make predictions you can you know adjust your lineup you can pick players and when they're playing you can you know, make changes, you can predict whether they're going to get kills, you can, you know, uh, you know, all these things that are happening in real time, we call it competitive viewing. And we believe that's what the future of fantasy is. Uh, and so, you know, that's where it will get even more, you know, where contests really start to evolve for, you know, for fantasy is once you start to look at all right, you know, traditional and daily fantasy were made for traditional sports. And for us, it's, all right, we re- we're replicating that model and we're doing it in a much more you know, authentic way and a much more enjoyable and just kind of community-based way. And we're we're applying that to esports. But where it really starts to grow is, is that next step. And that's where I think, you know, the evolution of fantasy really starts to come to, you know, to fold. Uh, and where I think, you know, that applying that to Rocket League, you know, you can think of it in a sense of, you know, will, you know, the next score, you know, who will get the next, you know, score? How long will the ball stay up in the air before it hits the ground? Like how, you know, will this game go into overtime, you know, picking, making adjustments to, you know, what player might, you know, have, you know, bonus points or be your captain or something, you know, applied. Like there's a ton of different ways that you can adjust. You can, you can do these real time fantasy sort of additions. And I think, and that's where it's, you know, That's where the future is for us, and that's where we see the future of fantasy fantasy
0: going. Seems like it's also going to be the future of traditional sports fantasy in quite a few ways as we see more and more games, more sports be integrated onto Twitch with some real-time stats popping up, real-time opportunities. So I certainly expect uh, to see more fan participation and more immediate gratification uh, where you can enter into a contest and the result happens in a few minutes. Uh, It's not drafting a team back in august and then you know kind of tinkering with the roster all the way through you know there's still a lot of people who enjoy that format me in particular uh, but it seems like more and more we're moving towards these oh i've got a five-hour gap right now how can i make what i want to watch a little bit more interesting and fantasy games betting uh both seem like good avenues for that
1: yeah exactly and that's i think it it will do what the cost like will you know we're building what our customers want and we're not kind of off on this Island, just, you know, just throwing, you know, throwing together a, you know, a you know fantasy site that we have this, you know, this crazy kind of idea about, you know, innovating, you know, completely just, you know, refabricating what fantasy is. Like we talk very, we work very close with our users. We look very much where the market trends are we look at what, is happening within betting and gambling and like that is big real time gambling and betting is big in traditional sports you know we we are in no way we very much separate ourselves from betting and gambling and like that is not what we consider we are we're 100% skill based we're 100% you know based off of how well you know the game how well you understand the players and at the end that's kind of you know that's what we that's what we're creating and we want to really kind of take hold is is to add another level of the you know of enjoyment to watching and consuming and following esports.
0: Sure. And esports can definitely use that. It, it's a very fun game, but the the biggest benefit from a league and a game perspective of fantasy games is getting people to care about games that their team's not playing in. Exactly. You know, I I watched what, the Tuesday night Game between the Ravens and the Cowboys I don't I don't particularly care who wins that game but I got Lamar Jackson my fantasy team and I want to buy Mm -hmm. in my fantasy league playoffs so I was watching that entire game and that's one of the big benefits especially as a lot of esports uh, create these much longer competitions yeah there's gonna be people who watch the entire uh, rocket leagues the grid for example but a lot of times they're going to turn it off when it's two teams they don't care about as much, or when it's two of the uh, smaller teams. You look at things like the Activision Blizzard leagues as well. Sub teams are fan favorites and they get a ton of viewership. Sub teams haven't really built that much of a following, and fantasy games are a proven way of getting people to watch games that they otherwise wouldn't care about. So there's a lot of benefits uh, for esports operators to start embracing fantasy games and trying to create it and there's not a lot of competition like you mentioned the big players in the space have done a little bit of esports here and there i know DraftKings has dipped their toes in the water but generally they're focusing on other ways and so it's esports one i know sleepers offering season-long fantasy leagues we've had them on the podcast as well uh but it's really not a ton of offerings out there And when esports Esports what grows it to four more games, I believe you'll be the only fantasy operator offering games at things like Valorant and Rocket League.
1: Yeah, and I think you know that is yeah, like a lot of the traditional fantasy sites have have kind of added esports in the day of COVID. And and that's you know, uh the sleeper team, like you know, they've built a beautiful product, and they, you know, what they're doing, you know for fantasy is you know is amazing um but they will say it themselves they'll tell you to be the first one to tell you they are trad- like they're fifa you know soccer fans like they are you know traditional sports fans they are building you know they're building a traditional sports platform for fantasy DraftKings same thing and DraftKings now you know now i use the you know these other examples because they've all done, they've all, you know, done a fantastic job on on their approach uh, within, you know, fantasy and this ecosystem, especially how it's tied back to traditional sports, Uh, you know, for DraftKings and FanDuel, they care, you know, they are moving, you know, largely into betting and gambling and, you know, and they're going to make a ton of money off of it. Um, For us, it's about, yeah, it's about it's, it, first to market, like all those things. Like there's been fantasy sites before um, for esports that has been, you know, tried, you know, uh, in the past. And that's kind of the way we look at it is it's not about just being, you know, the only fantasy site for esports. or so the most, you know, the all, most authentic or, you know, platform or, you know, the, but, but being the right platform and being the right experience that can grow with the space, that you know, it's why we only have only like it's why we have only supported one game title thus far. It's because it you know we don't want to we want this experience we want to be doing it right and so we want you know what we're building to have lasting effects on the industry and to really help help support it grow. Like you mentioned, you know, watching games that you don't necessarily care about or for teams that you don't necessarily follow or players that you have no idea who they are. You know, we. For With the NLC, for example, which is, you know, part of ESL and DreamHack, you know, we're doing fantasy for, you know, amateur uh, esports. And, you know, these are, you know, these aren't professional players. These are, you know, up and coming talent that, you know, might not be as well known. Uh, But it, when we added NLC last season uh, for their open invitational during, you know, during the the end of the year or, you know, during the fall, uh, they the players were, you know, not only were the players really getting into it and really just, like, enjoy, like, you know, promoting themselves for you to pick them on their lineup. You know, they were pushing, you know, managers for these teams were trying to get people to, you know, add their team, you know, to their lineup. You know, people were talking about it, engaging with it, you know, like, and this brings more visibility to players that might not as be, you know, as well-known or, you know, as followed as, you know, they would have been. And so – for us like if we can help grow those you know everything from high school amateur to collegiate all the way to professional scenes for each esports then we're doing our job like we're doing the we're we're building the right platform and we're taking the right approach and you know so far so good so
0: yeah it's the player perspective is also a really important note you know as people especially as people can research players they want to watch you know and say you're preparing for a draft watching some people's streams being like oh yeah this is somebody i think i want to do you know you're kind of reliant in the traditional sports world on just other people's rankings your own personal feelings you don't get a ton of information going into it and watching streams is uh would be a big benefit there all right matt i know we got to wrap up this podcast, but I want to give you one more chance. You know, as you talk about expansion in the future to all these titles, can you give our listeners an idea of the timeline that you're hoping to hit as we enter 2021, and you look to expand into rainbow six rocket league, Valorant and Fortnite.
1: Yeah. So as far as kind of timeline, like early next year, we'll be, uh, we're, we're, we're adding some really cool features for the LCS the LEC. We're continuing our partnership with the NLC and, And we'll be adding support for a couple of other new regions as well for League of Legends, and that will be kind of more so earlier in the first month or two uh, next year. For as we start to add new titles, we we're looking at you know by early Q two of next year to have you know one or two new titles. More than likely, we're leaning towards Rocket League, and so uh, there's some kind of some discussions going on uh, with some partners, and I think that will kind of uh hold a good bit of weight in terms of which one we activate first of what the right partnership looks like uh for us to you know to add fantasy for you know for a new game title and so um as we progress with those you know we're a very transparent company we want people to know kind of what's to come and and talk to our users but yeah we're looking at early you know early q2 uh to at least have another you know one or two new game titles
0: Love it. I'm looking forward to that. Listeners us this show. know I'm a huge Rocket League fan. So I'm excited to see uh, fantasy games, which I also enjoy, make their way over towards Rocket League. So I'll be on the lookout for that for sure. Matt, thanks so much for joining the show. It was a pleasure having you on to our listeners. Remember, the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters is presented by Technology Game Changers. Check them out at tgcplay.com linked below this show. And if you're somebody who works for a company looking to expand its reach in esports, Esports Network has opportunities across digital media, podcasting and video programs. Please reach out to Esports Network CEO Mark Timmick. He's using the email in the bio of this show. I'll be back on Friday with another interview, but I'll Wednesday. Check out a new episode of the Gamer Hour with Chris Puckett. It'll be live on this feed. It'll also be live on the Gamer Hour YouTube channel uh, early Wednesday morning.